And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Joe DeLeon. Good evening. Good, sir. One of those days you're in a good mood. You gave me a heck of an introduction. Thank you. Thank you, Blake. Um, I'm in a good mood, and let me tell you why. Because football is in the midst of it. By the ooh. way, did you see this thing for Monday Night Football? It looks like that they might not have it tonight. Yeah, the weather situation doesn't look great, and I, I actually don't know what the reschedule protocol is. With They'd have to play crap. like tomorrow. They got until like Tuesday. I guess. Or can Remember they during COVID, like you'd have games on a random yes. Tuesday at like 2? Well, I think that they had to make some shifted rules to account for that stuff, but I mean, I would kind of like for them to wait until like three in the morning and they play <laughs> at like a ridiculous time tonight. That would be fun. But why? Just for the, the craziness and the stupidness of it. Okay, well, let me just tell you this. Well, it would be funny because if they played at 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. By the time I'm waking up at 5 a.m. like I do every morning. Yeah. Um, the game would still be going on. So right, bright and early, you know, washing my face, washing my ass. I'd be having the Jets game on live. Yeah, exactly. You'd be catching just the end of it, and you get to see who won the game. I, th I think that, that we, we, should, we should push for that. Yeah, well, no. All right, so we do <laughs> got a lot to get into. It is – Joe, you said last night, and I went and looked at all the games for this week, that week three is a little bit of a dud. A little I, bit? I don't agree. The, week three's ass. I'm sorry. Week no. four is really good, by the way. I don't think it's ass. I think you're going here's, – here's what I think you're going to see. Are the teams that maybe had some slip-ups or didn't look good early start hitting their stride, a.k.a. Tennessee, against Florida this week, right? Like I, good point. You, I really do think that you might see some teams that, like, are you for real or are you not? Joe Milton, as an example this past week, looked like hot garbage, Okay. How does he respond? I think the game's in the swamp. I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, what it, does LSU back, but, uh, bounce back from uh, and, and able to beat Mississippi State? There are some games that are out there that I do think that are interesting, not just in the SEC, too. Right. We're going to have games to preview and talk about, and I think that the storylines are going to be less of – big matchup, two big teams playing each other, who wins, blah, blah, blah. I think that there's going to be a lot of instances, maybe this is one of the few weeks where all four games are going to the favored team. But to that point you're bringing up now, there's still difficult opponents that can help prove where those teams sit. So like Penn State, Illinois, how are they going to fare against Illinois' defense? Well, who looked weak against Kansas, but still, that's a, that's a tough test. Well, and here's an interesting thing. How real is Drew Aller? Right, that's the right, that's like, the big point there. So I, I do think that there might not be marquee matchups. Like I don't think Joe, when we do our picks this week, that either either one of us are picking Penn State to lose to Illinois after coming off the Kansas loss. I might get creative, by the way, with the picks this week. Uh, I might uh, wait, 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 wait. In all seriousness, I might deliberately pick like none of the ranked teams for their unranked matchups. I think I, I'm going to try and keep it interesting and pick a lot of unranked unranked. So we don't just both pick the same games and go four and one. I don't want that to happen. We hadn't gone four and one since week zero. Well, okay. But that's because all those games were toss ups and it was the first couple weeks of the season. And now we've got all these look, to be honest, lopsided 
ranked on unranked matchups. So I don't want to. I don't want to do a full slate of that. Okay. Well, I did get on my buddy Josh Pate about the him taking Mississippi State in the eleven points. You Rudy Pooh. Did he actually? Yeah, that freaking Rudy Pooh. Uh, oh, just so because I mean he's the voice of college football. Oh, he thinks you can pick against LSU. What a dud! I love him to death. I do. Mm. All right, I do love him to death. Really good at his job. All right, let's get rolling, Joe. We'll re- we will reveal our top ten here today. I can't believe the pushback that I got on this, um, but was a little weird. Some people calling me out about having Georgia at one, but until they're dethroned, hey. I'm gonna. Yeah, really? dude. What? Dude, I had a Georgia fan tell me that, like, we ain't playing like the number one team. I'm like, oh, God. Uh, I know. LSU fans on to me. By the way, Notre Dame fans, this always Irish guy. Oh, that guy sucks. Okay, I hate, well. I hate that guy. Why? Did he quote tweet you? He always quote tweets me. I muted what him. What did he say? Uh, basically that he has big bigger titty nipples than Sam Pittman, but by the way, did you see that photo? <laughs> Sam Pittman got it like a D cup. My man got titties. So, so much confidence. I am I'm more in on Sam Pittman than I was before after seeing that picture, man. I'm all in on him. You know in the nineties what we used to call those, right? Moobs. Yeah. Man boobs. Yeah. Okay. As somebody who had moves, I am supporting eh, Sam Pittman. Eh, no, I used to have them. I will send you a picture at a later uh, uh, after I the show. I don't want to see a picture of that. I'm I not going to send you a shirtless picture, but I'm going to show you fat, chubby high school Joe. I will send you oh, a picture. Oh, I've already seen it. Have you? You yeah, went through my I Facebook mean, pictures because you're Well, you're I mean, one weirdo. of your profile pictures was – I'm a weirdo. It's one of your pictures that I see on the internet. I mean, it's just like you and the muffin top, and my man's got love oh, handles. This is why I hate Facebook. <laughs> it goes back too far, man. Very true. But it's also why you got to love it, too. So we'll do our top 10. Kansas State versus Missouri. Mm. I do think that this is an interesting matchup. I do lean Kansas State, but something is telling me, do not give up on the drink just yet. Like, do you know what the score against Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee State was? Yeah, I do. But you know what else I also know? What? Uh, Tennessee was tied at half with Austin P. Almost. That's a good point. You know what That's else good- I know? You know what else I know? Mm-hmm. I know that you literally had a half last year where Georgia Tech was taking it to Georgia. You also had a game where Kansas State played Georgia close, so I I, I will concede that. Hey, and you but know Brady what else? Brady Cooks not if he's starting at, at quarterback. I agree. Am I about to do it again? Am I about to say that Brady Cook stinks and then I'm going to get clipped and then he's going to have the game of his career? Yeah, don't do it to Missouri fans. There's too much moonshine in the state of Missouri. You will get obliterated, my man. I mean, do you think they know how to operate cell phones? Do you think that they're going to know how to clip the sophisticated ones do. (laughs) I'll tread more lightly. Yeah, tread a little bit more lightly. That defense is something serious at at Missouri. I will give them that, but I am also leaning uh, Kansas State. We'll talk that in our overreaction Monday. I I feel like I got the best overreaction Monday on the face of the planet. Yeah, I think that this is going to be a fun segment that we're going to do on Mondays uh, because it's a little bit of a void day because we're we're turning the page, but we're still talking about stuff that happened from the weekend. And one of my favorite things about football in general is the timeline of the week that we – 
we get this Monday period of time where you get to just freak out over nothing. And instead of getting mad at those who freak out over nothing, why don't we participate in it? Why don't we throw something crazy out there? We'll see what sticks, what maybe comes true. I'm really curious to see what you bring to the table, though. I also just want to say this because I had a different perspective hit me in reference to the Mel Tucker situation today. Mm -hmm. Mel Tucker, by the way, was too willing to give over information for him for things not to be consensual. Yeah, and his statement is – his statement provides a lot of context that we didn't have yesterday. Again, I'm still in that can- in the situation here where I, I want to see. Look, I have a I have a feeling he's probably going to get fired because it, it is pretty clear that they're trying to move for a way to to get him out. Um, but that if he's fired, that does not mean though that he is guilty of what he's being accused of. That's the, that's what that's what the real takeaway is here. But we have to wait to see what the conclusion of this investigation is. Agree. All right, you ready to get rolling on this fine Monday afternoon? Let's get after it. All right, everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups. If You guys on Facebook are killing it right now. Mm. Do us a favor by hitting the like and share. I know a lot of you re-watch the show, but if you're watching us live right now, do us a favor. Hit the like and share. If you're on YouTube, do the same. Joe, we're closing in on 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. We passed 1,700 today, and we're chugging along, and we're about to hit 1,800, man. We're going to get to 2,000 before we know it. Watch out, college football. Here comes Rafino and Joe Show. Hell yeah. And if we're, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're watching us on Fubo TV, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's talk about our good friends, though, over at betonline.ag. We'll be back. We got a lot to discuss. Our top 10's next. I think this is going to get fun and pretty interesting. Stay with us. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! You hate that so much. I don't want to give them any more run than they're getting. No, I'm joking. Look, I, I'm, I'm I mean, high on Texas. You have them as a top 10 team. So do I. I have them as a, a top five team, and I'm hey. in on Texas. I just hate that sound. I, I can't explain it. Well, look, they got to get through Kansas State. They got to get through Oklahoma. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not over yet. We'll, we'll see how this plays out. All right, Joe, our top 10. So we'll do this every week. So if you don't know, our parent company believe we do our top 10, which, by the way, we need to continue to send those things in about our top 10. Just throwing that out there. But here is our top 10. You want to go with yours first or you want to go with mine? How do we want to do this? Uh, let's do mine first. All uh, right. Here is Joe. Or, no, sorry. Here's Joe DeLeon's top 10. Want to read it out good, sir? Yes. Number one for me is the University of Georgia. Number two, Michigan. Number three, Florida State. Number four, breaking in their way all the way up this high into the top 10. I put Texas. 
Number five, Washington. Number six, USC. Number seven, Penn State. Number eight, Ohio State. Number nine, shocker, I put Notre Dame in there somehow. And then number 10, Alabama. No LSU. I will say, and I know this is going to be a sticking point, and we're going to get to it in a second. Um, I don't, that didn't bother me. LSU is 11 for me. That's that's what my point was, and we're, we're probably going to get to that in a second. Do you want to share yours, and then we go at each other here? Sure. Um, not a lot of difference. That's not yours. Or that's not mine. This is mine. Look, we have a lot of the same things in here. Basically, the only difference is, is you had Texas a little bit higher than I do, so for everybody listening on the audio podcast, I have number one, Georgia, two, Michigan, who, by the way, I really, really like what I saw from Michigan this weekend. Mm-hmm. Even though they played Rudy Pooh Tech, JJ McCarthy. By the way, can I tell you something hot take really quickly? Really quickly? I was close to putting Michigan at one. I see. I, I'm really fine with that. Really close, dog. Bro, I'm fine with that, bro. Here's the thing about Michigan. I know that they played Rudy Pooh Tech back to back weeks. They look incredible. But right, and I right. What's gonna happen? The reason I didn't was because I was like, "What's gonna happen when they play somebody with a pulse?" So yes. I'm waiting. But if you see me put Michigan at number one in the next couple of weeks, don't be alarmed. You better break down that film. They look really good. Number three, Florida State. Number four, USC. Number five, Ohio State. Number six, Texas. Number seven, Penn State. Number eight, LSU. Which basically here I'm putting LSU in, taking Washington out, and we have the same with Notre Dame at nine and Alabama uh, at number ten. Joe, I don't really have an issue with your top ten. I still don't trust Washington yet. Okay, I still feel like you got to show me a little something. Look, there I have two games where in the first two halves against really and truthfully non. I mean, Boise State might be an okay team, but you you can't struggle in back-to-back first halves for me and think that I'm going to put you in the top 10. When I look at, like, so for example, Alabama and LSU's losses for me are better than anything Washington done has done in the win column. Okay, so that, that's where I think that we have a really big difference, and I'm glad that you brought up Washington because that's one of my qualms with you not including them. Um I think that when, when we're at week two, and this is a, ba- a debate that I'm having for my FCS poll that I put out as part of the Stats National poll, um, that a lot of people just don't get, I am more of the belief in the first four weeks, with the exception of like huge wins like Texas pulled out, that the eye test is the most important aspect of this. Because there's just not enough teams playing enough opponents to use those victories or maybe sig- you know quality losses as evidence for how good they are. The way that they play in those games is what I'm factoring into this heavily. And who I have seen so far has shown me the most. And I think that Washington, why I have to put them in there and ahead of USC, albeit they haven't played anybody, neither has USC. And I think that Washington has been the most balanced Pac-12 team out of any of them. Boise State almost beat UCF. And UCF is one of the better Big 12 teams, they're probably the best new Big 12 team, and they almost beat them. I think that the Boise State team is is underrated, and their performance against their last two opponents is proof that they're going to put up a lot of points, and defensively they can be very suffocating. 
The problem with Washington is this week they go to East Lansing to play Michigan State, okay? And they're a they're dumpster gonna fire. Them. They're going to kick Well, and, and and it's going to look different because they're a dumpster fire. What Michigan State does not have the, the team. Is it poor look, taste if I took Washington State to cover the 15-point line that's on this game? <laughs> no, I, I, I would, I'd take it. I, I mean, I don't – Well, I did I, do that. <laughs> but I don't like when teams travel that far. Mm-hmm. And, and, Joe, that game's at 2 p.m., which in theory would be a, what a what a 12, 1, or 12 or 11 a.m. kickoff for them normally. Yeah. I, I don't like when teams have to go that far – play on the road in a different time frame. But they don't really play anybody until I think it's week seven, week six. They got Michigan State this week. Then they got Cal. They go to Arizona. Then they got Oregon. So they're they're more than likely going to be undefeated going into that Oregon game. They don't really have a massive test for me. Now, I know that the final scores, okay, 59, 56 to 19, 43 to 10. But, Joe, those games are a lot closer than just box score watching. So, I went and watched. Will Nixon was their leading rusher this past week. They cannot run the football. They cannot run the football. They had multiple backs that have gotten injured. They can't – Joe, they're having to throw for 409 yards to create all this. Now, I get it, and I need to probably be careful with that. I don't think that they're – I would put them in the top 12. I'm not saying they're a bad okay. team. Okay? Like, I'm not – if – for an example, let me just put this out. You know, if Penn State loses this week, well, Washington's in. Notre Dame loses this week. Do they play this week, by the way? They play Central Michigan. Okay. Well, when they get their asses <laughs> kicked by Central Michigan this week, uh, ha, ha, all right, ha, obviously ha, ha, I'll ha. take them out. But the bottom line for me when I was making this was not really an LSU versus Washington argument. It was an Alabama versus Washington argument, okay? I don't think that Washington can beat Alabama on a neutral site, Jalen Milrow included. I I just don't. They don't have the dudes. I disagree with that. I I think that the way that – and I understand the concerns for their their lack of run game. I think that with the way that their offensive line is built that they eventually could develop one and get into a rhythm, but – there are only a handful of teams. There's maybe five teams in the country right now that I know that can stretch defense the way that they can do it. They they can score in a second if they need to because McMillan and Adunze are explosive, explosive receivers, and they've got a guy that's got one of the best arms in college football. His His deep ball is fantastic. He's got good touch. He's got good placement, and he's got the power to drive the ball down the field. I think that – that offense is only going to get more dangerous. I just – and it's – this is an interesting point because it opens up the USC debate. People love to say that I'm a USC hater, blah, blah, blah. I get what you did against Stanford this past week is impressive. You beat the shit out of them. But I'm still not going to put any stock in them until I see a, a real shutdown defensive performance against one of the better teams in the Pac-12. I, Stanford doesn't mean anything to me. Do it against an actually – breathing opponent and then i can move them up i don't disagree with you on that and i have usc pretty high joe they're three and oh and the bottom line is that game more than likely usc versus washington is going to be and look we're supposed to project on this right like we're not supposed to you know 
just go week by week, but we do so many times. Mm-hmm. I think if if USC and Washington gets in a shootout, I think USC wins it. I, and I, I, I will I will tell you, I'm I'm more willing to put in Oregon than Over I am Washington. Washington. Yeah. No, so okay, so that's where I really really disagree with you. They they looked really messy against Texas Tech, and I know Texas Tech. We talked about how good they could be, and they failed the week one against Texas- Wyoming. But they should have beaten them by two two plus scores. Well, they I will have say been this: Texas, but Texas Tech isn't a bad team. And you know what else, Joe? Here's the truth: that's why I don't like teams going that far on the road in different time zones. That's they were why playing I, in in Texas heat, though. Michigan State's not going to be Joe. You know what? If my uncle, if my uncle, or if my aunt had a yoo-hoo, okay, she'd be my uncle. I'm tired of these excuses. So you what know, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Florida doesn't get the excuse of going to Utah playing in the elevation, but everybody else that's not from the South, all I hear is in the Texas heat. Joe, I've been in the I've been in the Louisiana heat all summer. You know what the average has been? 114. The heat index has made it feel 114 all summer. Okay. That, and my, my my point here is that Oregon doesn't exactly get scorching temperatures. So for them to go on the road to play Texas Tech. Like they were gonna play like crap, but my whole point here, why I don't like Oregon and I like Washington a lot more, is that last year in their big games they were mistake prone. They turned the ball over, they failed to convert on third down, and all that crap showed up against Texas Tech, who's supposed to be. They're still a good team. team. I'm still fine with Texas Tech. Wyoming won big this weekend, by the way. What if Wyoming at the end of the year is nine and three, ten and two? Then what? Do you know who Wyoming plays this week, by the way, that could do the funniest damn thing? Oh, ever? God, who? Rhode Island. No, they play Texas. Do you know how? Why, I, look, it's not really? Texas it's not has gonna, Wyoming. It's not going to happen, but it would be so goddamn funny and perfectly <laughs> chaotic if Wyoming beat Texas. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, but for that to be the follow-up after Alabama would be so fitting. It would be the most Steve Sarkeesian thing ever for them to do so i i'm gonna be quietly rooting for that i'm gonna just put that out there god you hate texas so much and they blame me i don't i'm one of those people that if a fan base annoys me i root against the fan base i don't root against the team on the field speaking of fan bases yeah alabama fan base when they were yelling at texas fans did you hear that no man terrible Uh, i mean come on dude come on all right what do you dislike about mine obviously you're going LSU here no no no, not the LSU thing because I I actually I thought you were going to point out that I didn't include LSU and I I have to admit I don't mind that look I don't mind that they lost to Florida State like I I get why people don't put them in there but here's another thing speaking Uh, on that the SEC is wide open it is it is it really is and that's going to be in relation to my overreaction Monday take later on in the show. I actually think that after I put this uh, this graphic together that my placement of Alabama was a little bit indefensible. Like I, I couldn't come up with why I put them there. I put it on the graphic then I, after I posted it. I'm like, why did I put Alabama in the top 10? I actually feel a lot better about LSU against Alabama on a neutral field right now. And that's how I base a lot of these these rankings. I think that albeit – Florida State won in lopsided fashion against LSU. That's still a much better team to lose to than Texas. And the way that 
Alabama lost at home against Texas is more concerning than the way that LSU lost. I see a path for LSU to get their feet back underneath them, which is why I wish I put them at the 10 spot. Uh, I don't have as much confidence in Alabama. And I think eventually they're going to be completely out of my top 10. You know what? You know what I almost did? Can I tell you something? That I just wanted to stir stir shit up. What? I almost put Colorado in my top ten. That I wouldn't have taken you seriously, and I would have skipped this. I know because I that. wouldn't have taken me seriously. But here's right. the thing: they got Colorado State this weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay, then they have Oregon. That's an important game. Now, if they beat Oregon. We're going to have a little have real a combo. Very serious discussion that we're going to all have to have as college football fans. John, yes. if they beat Oregon and they are 4 0, I am putting them in the top 10. Oh, without a doubt. That is okay. an amazing victory. <laughs> and they're already ranked. I'm putting them in the top 10 if they do that. But it's an uphill battle to I beat agree. Dan Lanning and to beat Oregon. So we, you know, we can't get too ahead of ourselves. One of my almost did it. It's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, one of my big issues, though, that I had with yours, I am still really against the the placement of Ohio State as a top five team. Unless I need to see what happens against Notre Dame before I put them at, at, at five or higher. If they beat Notre Dame, I'm quieted. My questions are completely eradicated. Uh, and Did you watch any of that game? Against I Young caught Ohio. I caught highlights. I'm high on Youngstown. I put them in my top 25 poll for the FCS, so I'm high on them. They bled the clock. Bled it. I understand that. The score of 35 to 7 in truth should be 56 to 7. And I will give I'm giving Ryan Day the benefit of the doubt. I am giving a program with a quarterback who, by the way, Devin Brown, I, I like the kid. I don't think for the weapons that the, Joe, they were they were electric offensively against Youngstown. It's a Rudy Putek team. I, I get it. Kid looked better in the pocket. He threw the ball and on delivery. Marvin Harrison Jr. had two tutties. They figured yep. it out. Schematically, what I saw, I liked a lot. And Youngstown bled it. Joe, they would run three yards, three yards, go for it on four sometimes. You know, not really, but they ran and bled the clock. And quite honestly, it it just it it didn't the score never when we stat when we stat sheet talk about teams, it never plays out like that. Never. It's fair. It's fair. You know, like I mean, at some like I'm watching the game again this morning. And I'm like, what am I missing on Ohio State? And I'm like, no, man, they got top five talent. I think they got top five coaching, really. I don't think that they suck at – I don't think that – Joe, they just got to – they're going to have to find a way to put it together, and I think that they can. They lose all, to Notre Dame, fine, but I don't know if they will. I really don't. It's all going to come back, come down to quarterback play, but what's hanging in my head so significantly is that Indiana game, and we only have two games to go off of. And like, I, I have to – look, I'm, I'm sorry to say this – I have to throw out the Youngstown State game. Like, that's a good win. You throw it onto the, on, onto the record, and it goes into the resume, blah, blah, blah. They might have looked better. But it's against Youngstown State. That, Joe, that is a you. cleanup game. That's a game where you go out and you do things to clean up the issues. You feel a little more confident, and then you move on to the next week. That, that performance me, means nothing to me. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Who are the best 
two college football teams of all time? Uh, LSU in 2019 and, and my probably the probably one of the U teams in the early 2000s. Okay. Miami beat Boston College 19 to 7 when when that the oh one year 19 to 7. Okay. 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 19 LSU beat Auburn 23 to 20. There are going to be times when you play opponents, mm-hmm. when you're working in new personnel, working in a new quarterback. That th- Joe, wins are very hard to come by. Very hard. I get that. Okay? I just don't think we should overreact to them just yet. Now, am I confident in them? Not really. I'm not confident in them, and I'm playing off of a, a historic thing. But I'm just not willing to throw in the towel on them just yet. Uh, again, I, I can understand where you're coming from. It's just I haven't seen anything that they've done that has screamed, this is a top five team. This is a team that's going to be banging on the door to the college football playoff. I just I haven't seen any exposure of that. I, I, have, I have only seen the issues – especially in that Indiana game. Uh, I don't even know who they play this week. Who do they play this week? I'm not sure. I'm going to look it up. Really Probably quick. Rudy Putek. They play uh, Western Kentucky. Okay, so we're we're not going to have an answer until they play Notre Dame. So I'm going to keep them where they have them, and I'm going to probably bitch at you next week when they only win by 28 or whatever because they run the clock again. And then we can talk about it the following week in week four, and then it's going to be a really fun debate. Um yeah. All right, continue. No, what were you going to say? No, no, you, you have any other issues with mine? No, the only other team, I think the honorable mention that we should put in there, I'm really interested about Miami, okay? I'm, I think that they're also knocking on the door, but I need to see a little bit more from them, okay, before I just crown them and put them in the top ten. I do think that you got Texas a little bit high, man, okay? Look – You can't have your cake and eat it, too. You can't have both things. You can't say that Alabama is a really down team that could be 8-4, and 9-3, and and say, well, you just beat an 8-4 and team. Well, and? Okay, you beat an 8-4 and team on the road. Okay, and? You're a 10-point favorite. You win by 10 points against a team that you think that Joe could go 8-4, and 9-3, and right? Yeah, 9-3 and is what I've said. Okay. And that to me, it's an overreact. Okay. This is my, so we could probably transition into this. This okay. is my overreaction of overreaction Monday. I believe that my placement of them at number four is justified because it is the perfect combination of win against a ranked opponent on the road. Even if they finish with nine wins, they're still a top 25 team without a doubt. And also passing They're the eye test. Team, they'll put Bam on the top 25. Right. And passing the eye test. I said this on the recap show that all of their deficiencies against Rice and the concerns that we had from the offseason were completely squashed. They corrected all of those issues for that game. And no, I have proof they now. No, I have, they did not. I have proof now that they can play at a high level. I have proof now that. Quinn Ewers can, if he's on, connect on those deep balls. 
and that they can hit those deep passes and they can stretch defenses. One of those teams that I value that a lot. Quarterback with a big arm and fast receivers that catch those balls consistently. But the other thing, too, I was down on their defensive line. They bottled up and broke down that Alabama rushing attack. They didn't surpass four yards per carry. They kicked the crap out of Alabama's offensive line. That was, theoretically, we all thought was supposed to be really good. I really do think that they're going to make the playoff. I really, really do think that's going to happen after the way that they played yesterday. Well, they didn't play yesterday. They played on Saturday. All right. Here's the truth, and this could go to the overreaction. Maybe we should do that next because this would be a good segue. Okay. All right. You want to do overreaction then Kansas-Missouri last? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, then here's my overreaction Monday. So this is going to be a really fun segment because the biggest thing in college sports happens every Monday. It's the overreaction. And I get – okay, that a lot of people are high on Texas in the win. I'm with you. Put them in the top 10. I'm with you. They had an amazing win against a dynasty team and a dynasty that's been had there in Alabama and Tuscaloosa since Saban has been there. I'm with you. But like I just mentioned, you can't say that this Alabama team is really down and especially that they don't have the guy at quarterback and go 17 of or seven of 18 on third down and say that you really did a lot offensively. No, you didn't. Joe, you're a botch fumble away on fourth down where Alabama gets that ball back. And God knows if you knew what Saban was going to do, he was going to attempt to run, bleed out the clock, and put, try to maybe get one more score, make it a six point game. I know that Texas won by 10. I don't care about the final score. That is a one-possession game against an Alabama team that has been more down than we've ever seen. Now, is Texas a good team? Yes, they are a good team. I'm not taking that away from them. Considering them in the top five, Joe, they cannot beat Michigan right now. They cannot beat Georgia right now. They cannot beat Florida State, in my opinion. They're gonna, they have a lot that they got to clean up. Now, can they clean them up? Does momentum play a factor in it to this? Does getting over the hump for Texas give them the confidence to do things that maybe we're not expecting them to do? True. But let's not act like, okay, you go on the road and beat a down Alabama team, and I'm supposed to be impressed. I'm supposed to be impressed by. You going 7 of 18 on third down and being a botched fumble away. Joe, I went back and watched that game game again today. Again today. They made very big boneheaded mistakes in crucial parts of that game where if Alabama had a pulse offensively, more of a pulse offensively, they would have gotten that ass beat. You can't do that against Michigan. You can't do that against Florida State. You cannot do that against if Ohio State figures it out. And you know who else you probably can't do that against? Notre Dame. So there are a, I am there are a lot of things that they gonna, are going to have to clean up. But the overreaction of this team is back. They're in the playoff. Why? Because Nick Saban's name was attached to it. I think and, this hey, is. Let me ask you this very okay. last question. 
Is Jalen Milrow one of the worst quarterbacks in the SEC right now, yes or no? Yes. Okay, he's playing that way, right? Yes. What's the difference? Let me ask you a question. If Alabama is 8-4, and 9-3 and three at the end of the year, and they slip up to a team like they don't play Kentucky, but they slip up to a team that hasn't beat them in a long time. Say they lose to LSU, Tennessee, somebody, Auburn, in the Iron Bowl. They're 8-4, and 9-3. and three. That loss gets completely diminished. You know, it's interesting because in 2019, LSU went on the road and played Texas and won by five. Nobody said a word. Oh, they're an unranked team. You know, they weren't as good as you thought that they were. And nobody gave anybody else the roses when they beat Texas. But my God, when you beat a down Alabama team, it's, oh, the dynasty's over. It's an overreaction. By the way, mm -hmm. I want to say this. To all you pieces of crap that are giving Big Game Boomer shit about asking for a credential at Kansas, you're a dumbass. That's how it works. Big Game Boomer, as an example, had the overreaction of the day. The dynasty is dead. Okay. Y'all don't okay. know the Saban that I know. I think this is a good one to start with. That Basically, your overreaction take is that everyone else's overreaction is wrong. That's kind of what you're what – you're Yeah, the is. overreaction is wrong. Yes. And I gave up peace. I just – I think that you're – too heavily trying to discount the importance of that win. Yes, this is a down, clearly going to be a down year for Alabama. They have weaknesses in spots that are going to hold them back from beating other top 10 teams, and they might lose a game that they're not supposed to later on in the season if they continue to play that way. But there is still a ton of value in the way that Texas played against Alabama. On the road, breaking a 21-game home winning streak for Alabama. And I know that wasn't a complete and utter ass-whooping. They only won by 10 points. But, but they did other teams do it. won those 21 games. Joe, not this one. Understandable. But they still did accomplish something that they wouldn't have done in the past. Are you they beat an SEC team. Are they you beat a good SEC team. Are you confident that Alabama can beat Arkansas with K.J. Jefferson? I don't I don't can't say that confidently. My point is is that it okay, is so less hold about, on. Are okay. you confident that they can beat LSU? I no. Are you confident that they can beat Tennessee? No. Are you confident that they can beat Auburn? No, yeah, actually, yes. Auburn looked like crap. Okay. So those four games, the only game that you're confident in is the Iron Bowl that wacky shit happens every year. TJ Finley almost beat Alabama the year that they played for a national title. My my point is here, I don't support those that are saying we need to move Texas up because they beat a really good Alabama team. That's that's not what I'm getting at. I think but those that's who are saying overreaction of putting them at four, though, Joe. But it's it's not though. It is getting a ranked win over an SEC opponent, a team that's supposed to be they're the best in the conference SEC. They won a conference going, game. Good luck. Good, congratulations. Okay. Okay. And I understand. But again, it's the way that they played and what they did. It's. It's not like they went out there, they turned the ball over four times, uh, Quinn Ewers got sacked five times, and they lucked their way to a victory. 
they played a really well-rounded, good football game. Was it perfect? No, it was not perfect. But they played a really good, well-rounded football game. I also disagree with the notion of bringing up that they can't beat Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State because that's not the point. I don't think that they beat any of those three teams, and I would have placed them higher than that if I thought that they could beat any of those three teams. I put them at four because I think that they lose to any of those three opponents, but they're capable of beating everybody else behind them. If they play the way that they did against Alabama, they can beat any of the teams in the back end of my top 10, without a doubt. But they just have to show up and be consistent. That's the key thing here. When I look at this list, uh-huh. like you got Washington at five. If that game's in a shootout, you are you sure Michael Penix Jr. doesn't throw for – I mean, Washington beat him last year in the bowl game. Last year is different than this year. Oh, so now it's different when it wins you the argument. All right, what's your overreaction for Monday? My overreaction this Monday is that we're only going to have, and I'm saying this with confidence, not like we might have, I think that there will will only be one SEC team that makes the college football playoff this year. I think that the more weeks that we are going to have evidence of performance for all of the SEC teams, the more that we're going to discover after Georgia – it is a complete and utter, utter toss-up, which you said earlier, which means to me that anybody can beat anybody on any given Saturday. I think that more than ever, we say this every year at the SEC, that they cannibalize themselves. I think this year more than ever, whoever that second or third best team is going to cannibalize themselves. They're going to push themselves out of a position to be in the top four. But most importantly, I think that other conferences have – more talent than some of the top teams in the SEC, more than we're used to seeing. I'm the, not willing to go there. I think the because Pac-12 when the draft comes out and they beat everybody's ass in draft picks, and you talk about talent. But I don't think that's even going to be the case this year. I really don't think that there's going to be as many mm-hmm. SEC draft picks as well. I just see that what's happening in the Big 12, what's happening in the Pac-12, what's happening in the Big 10, there's, there's progressively more the and more teams. Pac-12 is going to have to cannibalize themselves. But there's a strong possibility that we end up with two teams from the Pac-12 that makes the playoff. There's a possibility that we have two teams from the Big Ten vying for that spot uh, in the playoff. And then I also continue to add here, if Notre Dame beats Clemson, Duke, and as long as they keep USC close and USC runs the table, they could make the argument to be that fourth team. I think more than ever that there are so many options to go to for all of these other conferences. I have confidence in all those teams. I don't have confidence in the teams after Georgia in the SEC. Can I tell you why that's not an overreaction? I'm surprised, but why? Because two Big Ten teams got in the playoff last year. Right. My main point is that there's not going to be a viable second option. I don't think they, I don't even think that they're going to be in the discussion. And I know that's kind of me shitting on LSU. It's unintentional. No, I, I, no I don't care about that because LSU, I don't think, has shown that they can be a, a, a national championship team. I just think it's way too early to say any conference can't get in two teams. Right. That's. I mean, that's kind of why I'm being deliberately overreacting. But, yes, it is too early. But I feel like after two weeks, we have more evidence than They're we've ever had. They're three and six against Power Five opponents in, in the in, in nine games. Kansas and Missouri, Kansas State and Missouri play this week, which 
let's see. You know, let's see what happens. Maybe they go three and ten or three and seven, excuse me. But you want to, you know, I, I just is the, does the SEC after two weeks look down? Yes. To say that they won't get two teams in, because here's the truth. If Georgia runs the table, hypothetically, and whoever comes out of the West, if they only have one loss and beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, Joe, there is a really good chance that both of them make it. They're not going to keep out a one-loss Georgia. They're not going to do it. They're not going to no, do it. No, they're not. There's going to be. Here's, and here's another problem with the pack your Pac-12 argument. For two teams to make it, that means that one team would have to be undefeated. One team would have to have one loss because they're done with divisions, right? Yes. That means the team with one loss would have to beat them, and they'd have to both be ranked high enough for the both of them to both get in there. It would have to be like a USC or an Oregon or Washington, and both of them would have to have one loss. It would be a hell of a way to go out. But the problem with that is, is that we're so newly into this season, I think it's just a little too premature. All right. That's fair. You want All to get right. to this uh, this Missouri K-State preview? Don't sleep on Missouri's defense. Okay. Don't do it. All right. Here's what I'll say about this. I like go Tyron. Ahead, go ahead and crap on another quarterback and you let us go viral. I know we're gonna get we're gonna get pulled apart. Brady Cook stinks. Ah, I clipped that. Um, <laughs> look, Tyron Hopper, I was really high on him in the preseason. I love him as a linebacker. I think he's a really good athlete. And I think that this whole defense is just filled with well-coached uh, SEC defenders. I really do agree with that take. I think that you can't sleep on them defensively. But at the same time, I really do believe that Kansas State is – so well-rounded and clean. I think that Will Howard on a week-to-week basis is getting better. He wasn't perfect against Troy, but he's getting better. Uh, I think that defensively they're strong. They've got two really good backs that they can roll with, with Treshawn Ward from Florida State and DJ Giddens. And then lastly, man, Cooper Beebe's a dog, one of the best offensive linemen in the country. He'll run anybody over, and I think that that whole offensive line plays to his mentality, and he sets the tone for that group. So I'm really in on Kansas State here, man. I just I don't see a way that you can't pick Kansas State because of how strong that roster is, and most importantly, how well coached they are. Kansas State is just the better team here, okay? By and large. I agree with you offensively. Missouri is not good enough. I don't think that they're good enough to – um, be able to keep up with a Kansas State, but Kansas State offensively plays right into the hands of Missouri's defense. I see this. Th- I think this could be a 24-20, type of game, and we look up and say, hey, that game was a lot closer than we thought it was going to be. Georgia plays more of the style – of offense that what Kansas State wants to do. They want to get the power eye sometimes. They want a quarterback power run. That plays exactly into what Missouri wants to do in Blake Baker, their defensive coordinator. I just don't I don't know how they're going to get it done offensively. I think they got to get some special teams involved, a defensive score. I just don't think they have it on offense. But 
when you do put a desperate dog into a corner, you're going to find out a lot about him. I want to see how Eli Drinkwitz and what he draws up and what they can do offensively. Joe, this is make and break here. Like, you're going to have to start winning some of these games eventually. And I get he's at Missouri, but he's got to win this one. And it's it, regionally they're close. Kansas State's not that far from Missouri. Missouri's not that far from Kansas State. Recruiting could come to a big factor here, ultimately, because they recruit a lot of the same people. Mm -hmm. But I just, for the life of me, cannot see Missouri scoring more than Kansas State. I just don't. I don't. I, 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 can't, I can't foresee it. But I've been wrong a lot early in this year, even though I was like – I had two losses this time last year when we did our picks. This year, it it's the complete opposite. It's like I'm yeah. the kiss of death on all of this. I want to say that this game is closer than the experts think, though. I, I really do think it, it's going to be closer. I think both teams are going to be playing really close uh, in the first half. And Missouri might even lead it going into there. Missouri, uh, Kansas State has more depth. They got more talent. And I think they ultimately win. Well, I think the key here in saving our asses that we've learned after two weeks, if we want to be more correct, we need to pick against the SEC because for some reason this year they have not shown up to play these non-conference games. I think you bring up a really good point. I think that Drink should understand the urgency of this game, that you lost to him last year. You are going to get beaten up in, on your SEC schedule. You got to win this game. You got to win this to help establish some confidence into the rest of the season. I will say, though, that your characterization is, is perfect. I see this being low scoring. I see Missouri's defense getting some turnovers, getting some sacks, keeping that run game that has been important for Kansas State's success over the past few years in relative check. But what you said is, is perfect here. If it comes down to it, because both teams have good defenses, both have decent offensive lines, decent receivers, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're not that far off in the talent available on the roster, except for some categories. But if we do a QB to QB comparison, I can't bank on Brady Cook because, and I know this is like, I, it sounds like I'm doing the same crap I did last week with Tyler Van Dyke. But when has Brady Cook put together a game where he has overcome the odds and put the team on his back. When has there been a situation where Brady Cook has been able to make big, important plays without everything open, opening up in front of him? I feel like their offense is a little bit one-dimensional that it, it is easier to slow down. And for Middle Tennessee State to do that is a big reason why I'm concerned. Look, Missouri beat Middle Tennessee State 23-29. I went and watched that game today. It's 23-19, actually, I think. I mean, 23, what did I say? 23-19. Yep. yep. Brady Cook, though, did go 14 of 19 for 204 and two touchdowns. Joe, when they asked him to throw the ball, he was pretty pinpoint. I mean, like, he did not do anything to not get them the win in that one. They did not ask a lot out of him. He was the only guy that threw the ball. He did have 12 rushes for 26 yards he got sacked a lot that's the biggest problem that i have now nathaniel pete had eight rushes 51 yards cody schrader had 23 carries 88 yards but luther burden's still on that team man and if they had a good find, game he had a really good game if they can find a way to get luther burden involved early 
you know, I, I mean, maybe, maybe. So we'll have to wait and see. But defensively, they were on just another level. Missouri was. Caden, uh, uh, our Dalen um, Carnell had eight tackles. He had two of them for loss. He had, I, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, he had a sack in that game. Uh, Niles Gady had a, a pair of sacks. Defensively, dude, I'm just telling you, don't think the Missouri defense is not good because they are extremely talented. They get after mm -hmm. the quarterback. They tackle. Here's the thing that blows me away from Missouri, though. They tackle so well in space. They tackle so well in space. Does that happen against Trayshawn Ward and the boys? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. So we'll see. Yeah, and to wrap up that point, again, they've got athletes all over the field, a really well-coached, well-schemed-up defense. That's what keeps them in the ballgame. Can you get some turnovers? Can you score a defensive touchdown? Keep that offense off the field. I think that's a, a bit of a weird take, but you know, hopefully your offense doesn't have to do everything for you. They can't bail them out. They have to play a perfect game defensively. Um, Inche, I don't know. I'm sorry if I uh, said your name wrong. It says Notre Dame is going to beat Ohio State by double digits. Ohio State's offensive line is suspect and McCord is stiff. Come on, we can't do this. We look. I, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I'm a Notre Dame supporter. I think that we're going to beat Ohio State, but not. It's not going to be a double digit game. At least I, I don't. I don't think that there's enough evidence to go off of that. The overreaction that Notre Dame fans are going to have if they beat Ohio State is going to oh, be. Oh, oh, I'm going to be insufferable, Blake. I'm going to be insufferable. Put them in number five if they win that game. Move them up. Well, I, I don't. I don't think that'd be a far stretch. I mean, you could even make the argument to move them up to four. No, if they beat Ohio State. No, is Ohio State or Alabama? Better? Here's the here's the problem that I have. Before we get out of here, here's the problem I have. You ready? Okay. You can't shit on a team all off season and say they're going to be bad, and then when you beat them, you're just like, "Oh, we're we're a really good football team. We beat them by seven. Fair. You know what it's a lot like uh -huh. Texas beating Alabama. Fine. You can't say a team's going to be shitty all offseason, and then when you beat them, be like, told you we were a playoff team, bitch. It's week two. Let it just stop questioning the psyche of college football fans, man. <laughs> I think uh. I'm the only relative person in the Like, just think of the realistic stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Go you Irish. Shit on Ohio State all offseason. I, I, wait, wait, wait. I didn't shit on them. I said that Notre Dame can beat them. It is a, a beatable opponent for Notre Dame. That was my argument. I spit out my water. Bottom line is that is an indictment in and of itself that Notre Dame can beat them. That's shitting on them. That's not shitting on them. Saying that my team is going to win. I'm going to tell you something, too. Very quickly before we get out of here. I know you Notre Dame fans keep telling me that Ben Morrison's a dude. Well, you better turn on that NC State film for just a minute and tell me that he did not get his ass roasted a couple times. Guys are allowed to have bad games. Oh, really? It's just when the SEC does, it's a, it's people they get shit on. We'll see what happens. All right. See y'all tomorrow. Or not tomorrow. Wednesday. See y'all Wednesday. Peace! <laughs>